a broken spirit and somehow Jesus came and amen thank God hallelujah praise his name tonight sing oh victory in Jesus my Savior forever he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love is to him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing and the last now i heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory and i heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day i'll sing Amen. Thank God. Sing it out. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is to him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood amen thank god for that now 495 495 since jesus came into my heart hallelujah amen how many of you remember the day when the lord came and saved your soul never been the same since hallelujah praise his name Thank God for the day. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Sing it out now. <coughs> what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I have since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart I have ceased from my wandering and wing astray since Jesus came into my heart and my sins which were many are all washed away since Jesus came into my heart since Jesus came into my heart since Jesus came into my heart 
Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I like this third verse, I'm possessed of a hope. Aren't you thankful for that tonight, church? Since Jesus came into my heart, and no dark clouds of doubt made my pathway obscure. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, and the last, I shall go there to dwell in a city I know. Since Jesus came into my heart, and I'm happy, so happy as all word I go. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart. Turn around fellowship with one another. It is good to be in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. Thank God I do love that song. And uh, i tell you what, uh, the Lord never came into anyone's heart that there wasn't a change. And I'm thankful uh, for the life-changing power uh, of salvation, aren't you? 
That's what this world needs. This world needs salvation, needs Jesus. All the answers of life, or to all of the problems of life, the answer is Jesus Christ. And if you believe that, say amen tonight. Amen. amen. I do appreciate you being here. Uh, again, this is the not just the last uh, uh, Wednesday night, the last service, but this is the last day of May. Does it seem possible that May is already over? So uh, we're getting ready to move into the summer months. Uh, and for me, hallelujah, allergy season is coming to an end. This time last week, I could hardly talk. Uh, praise the Lord, but uh, God's helped us through that. Hope everyone had a wonderful Memorial Day holiday. And uh, amen, as we do com did com commemorate uh, the sacrifice that was made by so many on behalf of our freedom. Most of all, we're thankful for what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Uh, just uh, let me do this before I get into the announcements. <clears throat> several, uh, Three cards here. The first one says, Pastor Nick and congregation, thank you for the lovely flowers that you did send after the loss of our precious dad, Gene Shelton. We will forever remember the kindness and friendship that you showed to him and all of our family over the years. Please continue to pray for us. Um, many thanks to each of you in his love, Connie and Will Walsh and family. So that's just a card from uh, Amen, Connie and Will. And uh, I want to encourage you to continue to remember them as uh, a lot of times the grieving process doesn't really get, begin until after uh, the funeral services. So remember that family also. During a time like this, we realize how much our friends and relatives really mean to us. Your expression of sympathy will always be remembered, the family of David Harold Foshi. So I appreciate that card sent from my Aunt Sherry. And uh, again, please continue to remember them uh, in prayer as uh, that loss is still certainly very, very fresh for our family. And then one other, um, and this is from Lacey Wheeler. Family. Dear Pastor Bailey and friends at United Baptist, we just wanted to thank you all for welcoming us to your services on Sunday, April the 20th. Thank you so much for your very kind love offering and the good food and fellowship too. We appreciate you all and your heart for missions. We pray that the Lord would bless you richly as you seek to serve him. Thank you so much. Once again, this is from Lacey, Holly, Titus, Levi, and Lydia Wheeler. So we appreciate the Wheeler family and uh, amen, just the privilege we have to cooperate with them uh, regarding the ministry of missions. So these are three cards that I wanted to read uh, before we went any further into service. Do remember by way of announcements, we will have a business meeting tonight at the end of our services. So for all of our church members, we need you to stay around so we can attend to the business at hand. And then we do want to remind you also, there will be no youth ministry, no United for Christ ministry take place during the summer months that uh, give our give the kids, give our workers, teachers, and helpers a break. And then coming soon, Father's Day breakfast to be held on Saturday, June the 17th at 10 o'clock a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Yes, our ladies will be cooking your favorite breakfast foods and attendance sign-up sheet will be posted uh, in the near future. So um, remember this uh, upcoming Father's Day breakfast. And I'm just going to warn you that... Um, uh, the next item on the agenda is Bible school, and we're looking at uh, dates for Bible school probably somewhere toward the middle to, to the end of July, just before the kids go back to school. So you be praying about how God uh, could use you uh, to help in our Bible school. Again, it is one of our 
best uh, evangelism opportunities that we have uh, as far as to make a difference in the lives of children. And it also uh, is an opportunity for us to generate prospects for the United for Christ program, not that we need any more prospects, hallelujah, that uh, still uh, will take everyone the Lord gives to us. But uh, in order for us to make this happen, we've got to all come together. Uh, again, we are a smaller church, and, and it takes every resource at hand to make us have a successful Bible school. So you be praying about how God would have you to participate in uh, that ministry. Just by way of prayer request, uh, uh, let's see, we do need to especially, I'm going to go ahead and give this one, remember uh, Bob and Pat Price, as uh, Pat texted me just before services and said that things are really, really uh, not looking good for Bob, that, that he's very low, uh, Lord willing, I'll be going out there either tonight or, in, or tomorrow, uh, so we just really, really need to lift that family up in prayer um, as... Um, is it's, it's just a very tough time for them. Pat, she was, I was talking to her the other night. Her blood pressure's been high due to all of the uh, pressure and stress she's been under trying to take care of him. But uh, just pray the Lord will give sufficient grace, and we know he will. Uh, amen. I'm thankful that um, <clears throat> whatever time of life that we're going through, there's grace for every need. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. amen. Thank God. So remember, uh, Bob and Pat also talked to LV niece this afternoon. He is still waiting to hear from a specialist. Uh, again, if you've had any kind of dealings with the medical field, uh, the wheels are traveling slower right now than they ever have. So uh, remember him as he desperately needs to see a specialist. And he did find out that they're giving his niece, uh, uh, amen, um, y'all help me out. I'm drawing a, a blank. Collins. Collins. Debbie Collins. Uh, remember Debbie Collins. They've given her no more than three to four weeks to live. So... Uh, she's currently at Vanderbilt, and uh, her request has been to be sent home. Uh, so let's, uh, let's pray for that family. Again, that will be a very, very tough time uh, for them. <coughs> Excuse me, no doubt. Cheryl, how's Ellen doing? <coughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I tried to call her yesterday afternoon, didn't get an answer. I guess that's why, but... Uh, Remember Ellen in prayer as she is doing well. She's at home and making progress, and I don't believe it'll be very long till we see her uh, back in church. Amen. Love her dearly. So remember Miss Ellen in prayer, and then we just got uh, a long list of other requests. Uh, again, the Luke Buchanan family. Continue to remember the Gary Bergner family. Remember Matt Cutchall, Reconciliation Ministries. Uh, good to have Miss Joanne back with us tonight. Continue to remember Michael. Uh, amen. And... Uh, uh, remember Robert Price, as he still continues to recover from knee surgery. Um, amen. Remember Becky Davis. Remember Becky, uh, some things she's dealing with with her uh, grandchildren. Uh, remember them in prayer. Wanda Norton needs our prayer. Again, I visited her the end of last week, and uh, she just uh, she needs prayer. Uh, so remember Miss Wanda. And then some from Sunday, uh, Natalie Lauren. Remember the Joe Owen family in prayer. Remember Addison Compton with uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, pray for Jim uh, uh, for Jim Tomlinson. Uh, how did his surgery go, Pam? Okay, so uh, out of order on the machine, so they had to postpone the surgery. Par for the course, right? Uh, remember Mark Shores in prayer. Remember Otis, Otis Melton, uh, and then... Uh, Miss Grace, 
uh, requested prayer Sunday for her brother, Chris Lakowski, both physically and spiritually. Uh, pray for Mike and Grace as uh, they just got back from one trip. Uh, they're getting ready to go on another. So uh, pray for them. Amen. Uh, amen. I don't know if they'll be in friendly or in enemy territory. Uh, if it were me, it would be enemy. But they're kind of half-breeds, right? Uh, half half uh, north and half south. But uh, pray that God will give them a good trip while they're away. Anything you'd like to add to the prayer list tonight, you can do so. <clears throat> All right, remember um, my step-grandmother, Geneva Foshi, uh, as they just uh, put her in a nursing facility. Don't know if it's going to be long-term or temporary, uh, but remember <clears throat> her in prayer. Also remember Bill Rupert um, as uh, a former attendee here at our church as um, uh, he had knee surgery as well today. So remember these requests. Somebody else tonight? good to have Miss Carrie with us this evening. Appreciate Miss Carrie. Uh, I had uh, Stephen, her grandson, help me at the store yesterday, put the little fella to work. Uh, but let's remember Tyler in prayer. As, uh, <clears throat> he certainly needs our prayers. Remember Tyler Brown. Any others? Let's uh, continue to remember each other, pray for uh, me tonight, I need your prayers as I preach, but then pray for the business meeting. Let's pray for our church as well as uh, other churches uh, of like faith. Uh, uh, again, we're in tough days and tough times, Well, I do believe God's still able, don't you? Uh, and if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. I believe God's able to uh, do a work, and, I'm, and we'll, we'll talk more about that tonight. But let's just pray that we just uh, keep on the firing line. Stay on the front lines of the battlefield, and uh, boy, I, I tell you what, what, if I go down, I want to go down fighting for Jesus, don't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. No, no room for quitters in the Lord's army. Praise the Lord. So uh, quitters never win, and winners never quit. Isn't that good? Amen. Quitters never win, and winners never quit, and failure is not fatal until it's final. Amen. So uh, I would take credit for but those, but, but uh, I borrowed them for somebody else. Uh, unspoken request tonight by the uplifted hand. Amen. Remember our, our lost loved ones, if you have lost loved ones. And uh, also remember our missionaries on the field. Uh, I did get to talk, I'm sure you remember Miss Maria Podoritsky. I guess that's how you pronounce her name, the missionary to the deaf. As she's been with us, she's going to be with us uh, during the month of July, and she said just she wanted our church to remember her in prayer. So let's do that. Also, I don't want to fail to mention uh, Miss uh, Mary McBriar, Josh McBriar's uh, wife, and again, her kidney issues, as Josh specifically asked us to pray for his wife. So we'll gather around the altar. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Yeah. Remember Amber Renner in prayer. Do what? Emma. Well, remember my uh, sister and brother-in-law, Chris and Holly McCoy, 
because they're still sick. <clears throat> Brother Lyle, you lead us in prayer, brother. We'll have a couple ushers come forward. We'll receive our building fund offering at this time. You give us the Lord's blessed and prospered you. And uh, Brother Scott, you lead us in prayer this evening.
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Amen. I praise the Lord and I'm thankful, Lord, uh, for the assurance that we have, uh, knowing that uh, what God said He'll do is what He's done. Uh, amen. And what God started, He's going to finish. He is both the author <clears throat> and the finisher of our faith. And not only did he start it out, not only is he going to finish it out, but I believe he's going to take care of everything, uh, all the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs uh, that arise throughout the process. Amen? Uh, point, uh, point A is the start, point B is the finish. It's that limbo zone, that intermediate area that we struggle with so many times. But God's faithful, and uh, he hadn't failed me yet. And I don't believe he's going to fail me uh, before I cross the finish line. Do you? Uh, there's, a, there's a song the Hayes family used to sing it. Oh, uh, the, uh, let's see, what was the, the dad of the family? Amen. Well, do what? Mr. Hayes. All right, praise God. Yeah, okay, that, there it is. <laughs> But he used to sing a song, I don't believe he'll fail me just a few steps from home. Isn't that good? Amen. Well, hallelujah. All right, turn with me in your Bibles tonight, if you will, to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 33. As, uh, again, I'm excited about this chapter. I really uh, thought the Lord blessed us in, during last Wednesday's study, so I hope he'll do that again tonight. As, um, uh, we just consider the limbo zone that, that occurred in Jeremiah's life. Uh, ebbs and flows and again ups and downs, trials and tribulations and triumphs. And Well, when you examine his life, you realize that there was more uh, hard times than there was good times. But Jeremiah was faithful. Not that he didn't want to give up and quit. Uh, amen. But uh, boy, the Lord sustained him through his journey. And I believe if the Lord could sustain Jeremiah through the days that he lived in, I believe God will sustain you and I also. Don't you? Do you believe that this evening? Aren't you thankful for the sustaining grace of our Savior? All right, Jeremiah chapter number 33. We just uh, covered about the first three or four verses last week. Let's read a little further tonight. We're not going to read the entire chapter, I don't think, unless... The Lord leads otherwise. But let's begin reading in verse number 1 of Jeremiah 33. If you found your place, say amen. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Certainly we believe that is the theme verse of the chapter, and everything else that's written either before it or after it, uh, I believe is revolves around verse number, thir th verse number 3 of Jeremiah chapter 33. We might refer to it as God's telephone number. Amen. Aren't you thankful that uh, there is no such thing as call waiting uh, with God? You, won't, you don't have to worry about getting a busy signal. And the Lord has no need of an answering machine. But uh, if, you, if you call, He will answer. Amen? And I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, 
concerning the houses of this city and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts, and by the sword they come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury. And for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city, behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them, and I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return, and will build them as at the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them, and they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I procure unto it. Uh, let's just keep on reading. Thus saith the Lord, again there shall be heard in this place, which ye say shall be desolate, without man, without beast, even the cities of Judah, and in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate, without man, without inhabitant, without beast, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And of them shall, that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land. As at the first, saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord of hosts, again in this place, which is desolate without man, without beast, and in all the cities thereof shall be an habitation of shepherds causing their flocks to lie down in the city uh, of the mountains and in the city of the vale and in the cities of the south and in the land of Benjamin and in the places about Jerusalem and in the cities of Judah shall the flocks pass again and under the hands of him that telleth them, saith the Lord, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and unto the house of Judah." Uh, and in those days, and at that time, will I cause... Now, this is an important phrase in this chapter. The branch of righteousness. Who do you think that's referring to? Jesus. Uh, amen. That is a, an Old Testament prophecy regarding, uh, amen, the incarnation of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's one of the divine names of Jesus. He is the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Now this is foretelling, uh, this is not speaking about his first uh, coming, uh, but it's talking about uh, the unfulfilled prophecies, prophecies that still remain outstanding uh, unto the nation of Israel. It's talking about the millennium, what it's going to be like during the millennium the fact that the, that the branch of righteousness is going to grow up unto David and he's going to execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. How many of you believe the Lord is your righteousness tonight? This is one of the compound names of Jehovah God. Uh, Yahweh Sidkenu, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Amen. And I'm sure thankful that He is 
our righteousness. By the way, this afternoon, Holly and I was getting ready to pull in behind the ark, and we saw some fellas in white shirts and long black breeches walking down the, through the neighborhoods, and I couldn't tell if they was uh, JWs or Mormons, but uh, I wanted to go ask them if they believed Jesus was Jehovah, but Holly threw a hissy and told me she didn't want me to cause trouble, amen. But he is, uh, amen, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is Jehovah. He is Jehovah, Sid Canoe. He is the Lord, our righteousness. If you believe that tonight, say amen. Amen. Uh, For thus saith the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. Neither shall the priests, the Levites, want a man before me to offer burnt offerings, and to kindle meat offerings, and to do sacrifice continually. And the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, if ye can, now you think about this, if ye can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, and that there should not be day and night in their season, uh, then may also my covenant be broken with David, my servant. Isn't that wonderful? To see just how sure and steadfast and certain the promises of the Lord are. He's, say, he's telling Jeremiah, he's saying, the only way, Here's what it would take to break the covenant that I've made with the house of Israel and with Judah. He said, you'd have to break the covenant that, that God made with the sun and the moon. Uh, amen. Day and night. And if you can keep the sun from rising in the morning and the moon rising from, uh, from rising in the evening, then maybe you have a chance of, of annulling the covenant that I made with my people Israel. But yet there's people in our day that say God's cast away His people. They mean that God's through with the nation of Israel. Well, God, that'd make God out to be a liar, wouldn't it? And God is going to do just exactly what He said He'd do. Uh, then may also my covenant be broken with David, my servant, verse 21, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers, as the host of heaven cannot be numbered, neither the sand of the sea be measured, so will I multiply the seed of David, my servant, and the Levites that minister unto me. Moreover, the word of the Lord came into Jeremiah, saying, Considerest thou not what this people have spoken? Saying, The two families, speaking, uh, amen, of Judah and Israel, which the Lord hath chosen, uh, he hath even cast them off. Thus they have despised my people, that they should be no more a a nation before them. Thus saith the Lord, If my covenant be not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, Then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David, my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will cause their captivity to return, and I'm going to have mercy on them. So again, Jeremiah, the Lord is emphasizing uh, the steadfastness, the certainty, and the faithfulness of the promises and the covenants that God's made to His people. And if God will do that for Israel, friend, I believe God will do the same for the church in the day you and I are living in. Amen. I don't think I can claim every promise in God's Word, but every promise that was written to me and that applies to my life, friend, you just better believe as sure as the sun comes up, uh, amen, and the moon, you see the moon at night, God's going to do what He said He'll do. And uh, I'm sure thankful for it, aren't you? Let's pray, Father in heaven, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to come and gather in this place. Lord, Wednesday night prayer meeting, God, as we just kind of try to get a refreshing and a re-energizing, Lord, from the week that we have, uh, Lord, endured so far. And, Lord, thank you for 
uh, all the good things that you've done for us this week. God, you've been so good to us. We're blessed. And Lord, I pray you'd be faithful to us tonight as we preach that these words might be a help and a blessing to everyone that's so graciously made their way out to your house tonight. Honor your word, exalt your son by way of your humble servant, meet every need, touch every heart and life. In Jesus' name we pray all God's people said. Amen. All right. So again, great and mighty things is what we've titled this, this chapter. And last week we just kind of uh, set the stage as we looked at uh, the continuation, verse number one, the fact that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time. I'm thankful that he's a God of second chances, aren't you? Uh, amen. And then there's a, a situation uh, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. Again, this, these prophecies came, uh, again, right on the heels of what we studied in chapter number 32. Uh, amen. But Jeremiah, he was in prison. Uh, I, I, he, had, he had just spent every dollar that he possessed, most likely, on some property that at that time had no worth or value whatsoever. It was done publicly. So people who already hated him, people who already despised him, it, they saw it as another chance to make fun of the prophet. I mean, not only was Judah, uh, amen, in a bad place, and not only was Jerusalem in a bad place, but Jeremiah, uh, I'm sure there were times that he was discouraging, discouraged, wondering whether there was no hope. But while he was locked up in the bottom of that, that jail, that prison, and God's people were blaming him, uh, for the condition that they were in. Even though Jeremiah, all he had done for all those many years was faithfully declared, uh, thus saith the Lord. Yet still, he was the culprit. He was the scapegoat, so to speak, for why things were the way they are. But now there's an ordination, verse number 2, thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it and established it. And boy, I'm glad that what God forms, He establishes. Amen. God doesn't build anything uh, on... Uh, uh, amen on stilts, hallelujah. He always makes make sure there's a sure foundation under everything. If He builds it, if He creates it, you better believe He's going to establish it. Just like He did the church, amen. He made sure that, uh, amen, when the church was birthed into existence on the day of Pentecost, amen, upon this rock, not Peter, but His own name, Jesus Christ, upon this rock I have built my church, and because of that, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. The devil's throwing everything he can against the church during our world today. But listen, I want to say to you tonight that on the authority of God's Word, the church has and the church always will forever stand. Amen. Thank God for that. Now, again, uh, there's an identification. Uh, verse number 2, the Lord is His name. Amen. Because of who He is, because of who... What is the Lord's name? Well, Jehovah, Yahweh, I am that I am. Uh, the one of whom that you could never use a past or a future tense to describe. Amen. He just always is. There never has been a time where God was not. And there never will be a time when God ceased to exist. He just is who He is. He is a, he's immutable. He's unchangeable. He is not influenced by the circumstances of life. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, he doesn't flinch at the things that bother us and the things that discourage us and the ups and downs. Amen. Listen, it's not falling uh, apart, but it's falling right into the place according to his schedule. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Are you thankful for who the Lord is tonight? 
But then there's an invitation, and this is verse number 3. Again, the theme verse, call unto me. And that's what we need to do during dark days, during hard times, during trials, during hardships, during afflictions, during injustices, during unfairness. Friend, what are we going to do? We're going to call on His name. We don't need to just wait till we get in a mess to call on Him. We need to call on Him during the good times. We need to call on Him during the bad times. We need to call on Him uh, when we're on the mountaintop. And we don't need to wait till we get way down in the valley. I'm just thankful that God has given us an open invitation to call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There was a reaction. And I will answer thee. Amen. Uh, praise God for the fact that we're not... Listen, there's a lot, there's some things you can do in life uh, to waste your time. But one thing that you'll never waste your time doing is calling unto the Lord. Amen. If you call upon the name of the Lord, uh, the promise is that He will answer you. And think about the time. Jeremiah was down in the middle of that dungeon, and I'm sure he felt lonely. I'm sure he felt forsaken. I'm sure he felt forgotten about, just like Joseph must have done so when he had been. Uh, abandoned in the prison many years before. But listen, I'm thankful that he still had one he could call on. Amen. And I don't care where you're at. I don't care how low you, uh, in a valley you are. Friend, you can still call on the name of the Lord and you have that promise in His Word. Amen. That He will answer you. He'll hear your voice. Amen. He's aware of your need. The Bible says we know He knows what we need before we ever ask Him for it. And I'm thankful that if we'll call on the name of the Lord, He'll answer us. And then He'll show us great and mighty things. Now, you think about that. It'd be easy for us to say, well, the Lord's going to show us some great and mighty things during the midst of revival. Amen. When the fire's falling, when the Spirit's moving, when, uh, amen, they're swinging from the chandeliers and when they're walking on the pews. Amen. Uh, it's easy for us to believe that God's going to show us Great and mighty things during those times. But what about during the times of famine? What about during the times of leanness? Uh, what, do you, what, what, what about during the times when you're not sure uh, where, the, where the money's going to come from to pay your bills? What about during the times when the doctor gives you the prognosis that you didn't want to hear? Amen. What about those times when you experience that sudden, unexpected tragedy in your life? Uh, listen, I'm thankful that God can still take it all, whether it be the bad or the good. He can take it all and work it together to do great and mighty things. Amen. Do you still believe God can uh, <clears throat> do great and mighty things during the days we're living in? If I didn't believe that, I'd quit. I'd go to the house. Amen. But I still believe that during the dark days when the future of this world is bleaker than it ever has been, I still believe God can use a handful, a remnant of people, uh, amen, here at United Baptist Church that love the Lord and get on fire for Him and get serious about doing His business and making sure that everything's right between themselves and Him. I still believe God can use this church or any other church that's faithful to Him to do great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Show thee great and mighty things. Amen. Oblivion, which thou knowest not. See, that's the danger of missing out on the best that God has for us. Because a lot of times, we base our faith and our willingness to obey and trust God on whether or not we can see the great and mighty things. Amen? Again, it's easy to, to be on fire and to believe that God is doing great and mighty things when you're in the midst of revival. 
But what about during the times of uncertainty when you can't see it? You believe it's out there and God's promised you, amen. Uh, amen, and just like uh, uh, the Lord told Abraham, uh, you know, there's some things out there on the horizon uh, across from you. Uh, amen, Abraham believed God uh, and believed, even though he hadn't seen it yet, still he believed there was some great mighty things that, what, that God was going to do even though he had never seen it yet. Praise the Lord. And sometimes, uh, amen, and, and Abraham had to believe this, and we do too, sometimes we got to believe God will reward our faith, uh, not just uh, in our own lifetime, but in the future, uh, 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 even after we're off, gone and off the scene. Amen. Who, who knows whether or not my lineage, my heritage, uh, amen, my offspring may one day benefit uh, for the, from the great and mighty things that I trusted God for and believed that, that He and had faith to believe He is able to do what He said, which thou knowest not. Amen. Praise God. Uh, so now let's get into verse 4. Again, uh, this promise. Everything that's spoken after this promise, verse number 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now before I say there, go there, I don't want to get to, to get ahead of myself. Listen, I believe the half has yet been told. Don't you? I believe the best is yet to come. I believe there's still some milk and honey uh, in Canaan land. I believe there's still some water out of great depths. I, I believe there's still some manna. In the desert, I believe Canaan land is just in sight. God can prepare a table in the wilderness. He doesn't need a pasture to prepare a table. He can prepare it in the wilderness just like he could. Amen. He prepared a table for Elijah at the brook Cherith, did he not? Amen. There wasn't any water to drink. There wasn't any food to eat. But God sent the ravens and fed the man of God with fresh meat each and every single day. One day the brook dried up and God, amen, God, listen, we don't need to trust in the means, we need to trust in the source. Amen, God can provide at the brook Cherith, but He can also provide at the, uh, amen, uh, at the widow at Zarephath's house as well. And God can prepare a table in the wilderness just as easy as He can in the pasture field. He did that for David, amen, we studied that last week. And if He did that for the men and women uh, and young people in the Word of God, He can do that for us as well. He can do that for our church. Friend, don't you ever think that, uh, amen, uh, it's over, praise God. It ain't over to God says it's over. Amen? And God's, hey, it's, uh, in God, in God's uh, in God, from God's point of view and from His perspective, it ain't over yet. Why? Because we're still here. And as long as we're still here, He's got a job for us to do. He's got a work. Amen. He put this church on the corner of Buckingham Road. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. But He has so graciously provided us with the privilege and blessed opportunity to be involved in His work. And we need to take, uh, take advantage of every opportunity we get. And trust God that during dark days, He's still able to do great and mighty things for us and through us that we're not aware of. Do you believe that tonight? All right, a condition. Verse number four. Now let's throw some water on the fire. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, 
which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword. Now here's why that statement that, that uh, Jeremiah, or that the Lord just made to Jeremiah at the bottom of the dungeon uh, is, is so spectacular and amazing. Why? Because currently the houses of the people, as well as the king's house, the palace, and very soon it would be the temple itself would be lying in ruins. The walls would be destroyed. The gates of the city, nothing left. The city would be, would be left in ruins. Burning with fire. The gates of the city would be burned with fire. God's people, Jerusalem, the city of peace, the city of David would be totally annihilated. Amen. Things were bleak. Amen. And here God said, hey, just hold on. I'm going to do some great mighty things. And Jeremiah said, what in the world are you talking about? I'm down here in the prison. I've been, you've, been, you've commissioned me many years ago to prophesy judgment, now you're telling me the best is yet to come? That's exactly what God was saying, and that's what He's saying to us as well. Hey, I want to remind you tonight that the darkest hour is just before the dawn. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. You know, the hardest part of the hill is just before you cross the finish line or just before you get to the top. Some of you... Amen. Uh, it's getting steep. You're about out of breath. You're getting awful tired because you're sick and tired of climbing the hill. It might be that you're right on the verge uh, of topping that hill and plateauing out and walking across the finish line. I don't believe he'll fail me tonight just a few steps from home. God's going to be faithful. Give me enough strength to make it. Now there's a confrontation. They came to fight with the Chaldeans. Speaking of the people of God. Now, if you study back throughout the book of Jeremiah, things we've already preached about, you know, again, when, when Nebuchadnezzar began threatening the land, when they invaded the land, when he first started to besiege the city, obviously the leaders of Judah, amen, the king of Jerusalem, they began to consult with one another and say, well, Amen. How are we going to respond to this? What are we going to do? And obviously their natural inclination was to go fight. To stand and fight against their enemy. But Jeremiah, uh, according to the inspiration of the Lord, told them, said, no, you don't need to fight. You need to submit to them. You need to give in to them. And you have no business going to war against Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. Say, so, preacher, why was this? Because God's hand of favor wasn't with them. Amen? Uh, amen. They wasn't right with the Lord. The nation was at that point in time as wicked as it ever had been. Amen. They had turned their backs to God, and God had turned His back on them temporarily. So it was, the worst mistake that they could possibly make was to confront the enemy the Babylonian army and Nebuchadnezzar, who at that point in time was the most powerful king in the entire world, to be so presumptuous as to think they could conquer, they, could, they stood a chance to, to, to fight against, to stand up to Nebuchadnezzar and to conquer him without the Lord's help. Listen, friend, if you're going to fight against the devil, you better make sure God's with you. Now listen, I am so thankful tonight, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. If God be for us, then who can be against us? 
you just better make sure God's with you when you go. I don't care what it is you do. This can be individually. This can be collectively. This can apply to United Baptist Church. This can apply to the Ark Minute. Whatever it is, anything we attempt to do for God, we just better make sure we have the favor and approval of God. We just better make sure that what we are doing has God's hand on it. That God is authorizing it. Amen? Amen, because we'd be better off staying at the house than to try to go and do it without the Lord. See, and that's what we do a lot of times. We're so presumptuous to think that we can do it without Him. When Jesus Himself said, without me you can do nothing. Amen? He is our sufficiency. Our talent doesn't cut it. Our ability, our charisma, our methods, the effort and the work that we put forth. Listen, if it's going to succeed, God's hand must be on it. And if it's not, we'd better, we'd better stay, at house, stay at the house and not go out and confront the enemy. Do we realize tonight just how much we need the Lord? The answer to that question is no. Because if we did, we'd be closer to God tonight than what we are. Amen? And we can give you story after story, obviously. Uh, amen. Joshua at Jericho won the great battle. God performed a miracle. What seemed like an impenetrable fortress. Amen. God just pretty much and blew the walls down. Amen. But he had, he, he, they had his favor. See, just a few days later, they said, well, you know, we're fighting against an inferior opponent. The people of Ai are nowhere near as strong and as powerful as the people of Jericho was. So we just, I mean, we don't even need to send the whole army out. We can just send a battalion or a regiment, and they, they can easily wipe them, wipe them out uh, with the, 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 the inhabitants and defenders of Ai. Well, you know what happened. That little small skirmish uh, group of AI defenders wiped the map with God's people. And, and God's people were humiliated and defeated. Why? Because they were presumptuous into thinking they could go into battle without being sure that, that everything was right between them and the Lord. And that the hand of God truly was with him and that his favor, uh, amen, his grace, and uh, amen, that, that his presence and him... His, uh, uh, his energy, he was energizing spiritually that which he had commissioned them to do. And it just took one aching, uh, sin in the camp. Uh, he had sin hidden under his tent in it, and it caused the entire army of Israel to be defeated. There's another example of this, and that is a man in uh, the book of, I believe it's Numbers, uh, and this, Numbers chapter 14, verse 39 through 45, you remember the story, how they came to the very uh, threshold of Canaan land, and they sent the spies into the land. They found out that the land was even greater than what Moses had described it to them as being. And they brought, even brought back evidence of just how great the land of Canaan truly was. Yet they said, there's only one problem. There's some giants, those Anakins. And they're so big, they make us look like grasshoppers. Uh, and the minority was, was voted out. Caleb and Joshua said, let's go get them anyway. We believe God's able. But yet the nation turned against the minority and they were in favor of those who said, we cannot defeat the Anakins. Well, God judged them and God pronounced a judgment of 40 years 
wilderness wandering down upon them because of their unbelief. Friend, you better take advantage of the opportunity God gives you when He gives it to you. Because it may not be available the next, the next day. So they had a change of heart overnight. Amen. They got a night's sleep and they woke up in the morning and said, We messed up. We made a mistake. Numbers 1439. Yeah, Numbers 1439. And Moses told these, saying unto all the children of Israel, the judgment that was pronounced upon them. And the people mourned greatly, and they raised up early in the morning, and get them up unto the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and we'll go up unto the place which the Lord had promised. For we have sinned, and Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper, go not up, for the Lord is not among ye. His favor was no longer on them. That ye be not smitten before your enemy for the Amalekites. And the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. Friend, if he ain't going to be with you, you better stay at the house. But they presume, there it is, the sin of presumption, believing they could do it without God. To go to the hilltop, nevertheless, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. That was a wise decision. Moses said, let's keep the ark here. Let's protect the ark. And Moses and the ark uh, did not go up. And, and the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites which dwelt in the hill and smote them and discomfited them even unto Hormah. See, friend, what this entire chapter, I believe, is, is, is providing us with the picture of is what is it going to take? For God to show us great and mighty things. You know, we live in a, in a world of entitlement, do we not? Everybody thinks that somebody owes them something. Well, we live, as Christians, a lot of times I'm afraid we, we live the same way. We, ha we hand, stick our hand out and say, Lord, give me, give me, give me. As if God somehow owes us something. We preached about that Sunday morning. God doesn't owe us nothing because He's already done more than what He should have. But friend, I, I, I'm just telling you, uh, it is not a give. Can I say to this? Can I say this this evening? Revival is possible, but revival is not given. And, and I think that that's what we've been doing, and I think that's why we've missed out for so long on genuine revival. And that is because we think, Amen. That 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 God will. Here from heaven, He'll forgive our sins and He'll heal our land without us praying, seeking His face, turning from our wicked ways. Amen. See, God doing His part is dependent upon us doing our part. Can I read something to you? And I didn't plan on doing this tonight. Well, I tell you, it's amazing what God does. And the Lord, I, I really believe this is according to God's will for me to read this. This just, I saw this, I don't remember if it was on Facebook, I think it was Twitter. Sweet tweet, hallelujah. Greg Laurie, y'all know who Greg Laurie is? I believe he's a good man. Maybe not necessarily according to my stripes, but I do believe he's a good man. But listen to what he said about, and the, and the title of this is, Then We Can Have Revival. And I think this is powerful. I saw this today, and I want to read it to you tonight. Wasn't planning on doing this. But yet God just said do it. If all the sleeping people will wake up, if all the loon, shoot, 
hate ads on my phone. They just pop up. And then if all the sleeping people will wake up, if all the lukewarm people will fire up, if all the dishonest uh, people will fess up, if all the disgruntled people will cheer up, if all the strangled people will make up, estranged people will make up, if all the gossipers will shut up, if all the soldiers will stand up, and if all the church people will pray up, then we'll have revival. Is that not good as gold? See, but it's not guaranteed. It's not going to just fall in their laps. Amen. Some of the promises of God are conditioned upon, uh, amen, I, God, again, God is the reaction to our initial action. Amen. And if we're going to have it, then we've got to do our part. Amen. And we know what God, so again, what is it going to take for God to show us great and mighty things which we know not even during these dark days. I think that is a good setup for everything that is written down uh, from verse number 5 through the end of the text. First of all, there's a destruction. And we're not going to get very far, but just, let's just get started. But it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury. Again, Judah would lose the battle against Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians because they didn't have the Lord's hand of favor and blessings on their side. I remember Lacey Wheeler uh, back in April uh, was with us. And he preached a very unusual but a very powerful message that hit home with me that I have not forgotten and I don't think I ever will. And that is when he preached on just stay home. Amen. Y'all remember that? And how that there are some prerequisites, amen, counting the cost. Amen, making sure that we're willing to carry our cross. And if we're not willing to do our part, we ought to just stay home. Because we're going to fail. Amen, this world, we are living in perilous times, if you believe that, say amen tonight. Amen, this ain't the playground, brother. This is the big league. Amen. This isn't for the amateur. This isn't for the casual, for the apathetic, uh, doing this as a hobby uh, as a hobby, or on the side, just to feel better. Friend, if you don't view yourself seriously as a soldier in the army of God fighting against a very viable enemy named the devil, amen, you ought to just stay home. Because you're going to fail and you're going to be eat up and you're going to be defeated. Am I helping anybody tonight? A lot of times we say, well, why am I not having success? Because you're not as committed as you need to be. You're not as dedicated. You're not as serious about the business of God as you ought to be. And that's why you're getting, amen, the devil's working you over. And you'd better, you, amen, you'd be better, you'd better, you'd be better off staying at the house. And not getting into the ring with the devil than to try to go into the ring with Mike Tyson with a hand tied behind your back. Amen? Oh, I'm trying to help you. Amen. Desertion. And for all those wickedness, for all whose wickedness, I've hid my face from this city. God had turned His back on Judah because Judah had first turned their backs on Him and they had no business on the battlefield. And God was getting ready to prove it. But now there's a medication. Here's what God's able to do. In spite of the odds. In spite 
of how bad things were in Jeremiah's day, in spite of how bleak the outlook is for the church of America in 2023. Behold, I'll bring it health and cure, and I will cure them. Do you, do you believe God is able to cure us? Do you believe God's able to heal us up? Man, this world's sick. This world is sick and infirm, diseased. Amen. Almost to where we would say it's incurable. But I believe there's a remedy. Amen. Is there not a bomb in Gilead? Why are the people's health not saved? Why ain't you got why why don't you have the hay in the barn? Because I've still given you everything you can do to, that you need to cure. The answer to this world's problems always has will and always will be Jesus Christ. Amen. Medication. God's able to heal, but in order to do so, His people must stop drinking the sin that is poisoning our system. Do you know that's why we're in the shape we're in today? It's not a, uh, amen, it's not a political problem. It's a sin problem. And we can't expect the world to quit poison, being poisoned uh, by the venom of sin as long as we Christians are so presumptuous to think that we can have spiritual uh, uh, victory in our lives but yet still drink the strickening of sin and have victory. Amen? We've got to quit drinking the sin poison. If we're going to, if we, if we, hey, how can we expect God to heal us when we're not even willing to change fountains that we drink of? Oh, it's good preaching tonight. Revelation, and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Let me just get just, amen, I'm going to stop here in a minute. Amen, a revelation. God said, I'm going to reveal to you the abundance of peace and truth. God was going to reveal it. He was going to manifest it. He was going to make himself known to his people. What is the medicine? Peace and what? <laughs> Isn't that right? Do you notice here the connection between peace and truth? Huh? Can I say to you tonight, you know, this world cries peace. We've got more violence in America than we ever have. I talked to a, a, a young man today at the, the gas station. And I see him every day when I go in there to get my Coke Zero and my candy bar and my chewing gum. Amen. Praise the Lord. I see him every day. And we just got to know each other. But today's the first time, I don't know how that the conversation came up, but he told me that he was from the coast of California. Might have been your neighbor, Michelle. <laughs> but what's one of the beaches in between Los Angeles and San Diego? Huntington Beach, that's it. That's where he was from. I said, well, why'd you, why'd you move here? He said, because I couldn't stand it anymore. Amen? The violence, the homelessness, the drugs. And he basically just called and said the political agenda of Gavin Newsom. And I said, amen, praise God. Glad to have you here, brother. <laughs> I don't mind them moving in as long as they don't try to bring what they're running from with them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man. You know what you know will bring peace? True peace, truth. You know what the remedy for the problems, the po the po you know what the, the what the antidote for for the venom of sin, truth. Amen. 
People are so mis- mixed up, messed up. I, I hope you do know that, uh, and again, see what they want to do, they want to slide it in on the back end. Amen? Talking about the, the furries and all this stuff going on in the school systems. Friend, it is becoming a greater and greater problem than what we realize. Amen? And I'm just going to tell you, somebody needs to go down to the, the school board meetings before school starts next year and raise Cain. Amen. Amen. And say, we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to tolerate it. Amen. And you need to choose the well-being of our children over and above your pockets and the money that the government's trying to, to use to, to, to buy you out. Our kids are not for sale, church. And they're more important than any kind of government uh, amen. Funding. Amen. You say, how do they survive? Well, I believe God's bigger than the government, don't you? Amen. There can be no peace without truth. Without truth, there will be no peace. Truth produces peace, order, harmony, and unity. Error produces disorder, dysfunction, lawlessness, chaos, corruption, and division. Peace is a benefit and a byproduct of truth. The reason... We're so divided is because we've abandoned the truth of God's Word. Let me give you one more and we're done. I'll cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and build them again at the first. As bad as things were, God was able and willing to rebuild and restore Judah to her previous place of prominence and prestige. So my question is, if God could do that for Judah, could He also do it for America? Yes. He's able to do the same for us. But can I just say something to you tonight, church? As we close, there are no shortcuts. That's what we want. We've, been, we've lived for a, an entire generation. I mean, Dad and I was talking about that the other night, the greatest generation. We preached about it Sunday morning, the World War II generation. Amen. And after all, God, you know why we won those wars? Because the favor of God's hand was on us. Do you know nothing short of literal miracles took place that caused us to win? Did you know the only way that we won the Battle of Normandy, June the 6th, 1944, is because it just so happened, the weather forecast, the weather forecaster was saying, call it off. Call the invasion off because, uh, amen, the way that it looks... There's the storm's going to be too bad, and there's no way that we could win this battle. But they were desperate. That was the, that was the day. They, they knew that if they didn't go immediately, that they would be discovered by the Germans. So they took the risk. And would you believe that God just gave the perfect window of opportunity, weather-wise, that caused them to be able to, amen, to sneak in right behind that storm system and friend, I believe with all my heart that that was God that did that. And we could give stories about the Civil War and the American Revolution and, amen, miracles that God performed, amen, to, to, to create and establish this nation, amen. And the reason that America became what she was is because for generations the hand of God's favor was upon her. But friend, I'm afraid that's not the case anymore. And as far as us turning this thing around, if we think that we can just snap our fingers, have a good service, pray a little prayer, and have an emotional tickle feeling, and then go back to living the hell we were living before the church service started, and things get fixed on a whim, then we're crazy. 
Say, preacher, what have we got to do? We've got to go back to where we came from. Amen? Revelation chapter number 2. The church at Ephesus, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. And he gives us the remedy. Amen. Yes, he does. We've got to trace our, retrace our steps. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. America has left her first love. So what we've got to do? Well, we've got to remember from, where, from whence we came from. I mean, we've got to quit ignoring. We've got to remember what it was like, what it used to be. Repent. What does repent mean? It means to turn around. Retrace your steps. You're going in one direction and you go the other direction. Amen. Repent is not just remorse. Can I say that tonight? Repent is not just remorse. Mm. And do thy first works. Repeat. Amen. Remember, repent, repeat, and return. Go back to where you left. You say, preacher, what? I mean, I don't know how to fix it. We got to go back to where. We went off track. We've got to re retrace our steps and find the detour where we went the wrong way and then go back the same way we were headed and then we'll have revival or else I will remove your candlestick. God's in the business of removing some things. Say, so preacher, what's He removed? He's removed His favor. Amen? He's removed His blessing and now, amen, we're facing some things. COVID, we're facing... Uh, amen. We're facing uh, wars and famines and pestilences. And it's not those things that should scare us, but it's facing them without the favor of God. Because we don't stand a fighting chance against our enemies. China will, uh, amen, Ch China will, will roll over us like a, a paving machine unless we have the favor of God. But I'm afraid we're just like God's people were in Jeremiah's day and Joshua's day. We're trying to fight our battles presumptuously, thinking that we can do it without God's hand. And I'm afraid that we're going to be humbled and realize and at what cost, understand, come to the realization that without Him, we can do nothing. But call unto me, and I'll answer thee, and I'll show thee. Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Isn't that wonderful? Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for the opportunity to, to conduct this Wednesday night prayer meeting service. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us, Lord, that there's still hope. Amen. But, Lord, we've got to quit drinking the strychnine. We, we've got to quit drinking the poison that has infected our system. Lord, it's infected the church, it's infected the younger generation, it's infected the family, it's infected the schoolhouses, it's infected the government, it's infected the church house. And God, until we choose living water over poison, there's no hope for us. Lord, there is a remedy and it's truth, and it's Jesus Christ. And we'll claim that to our dying day in your name. We ask all these things, amen. And amen. For any of our visitors that want to, uh, to uh, be dismissed, you can do so. If you need to go home, you can. We're going to have a quick business meeting. I don't think this.